Welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today I am joined by relatively new grad or fresh PT, as we like to say, Nick Lucius. Nick is a doctor of physical therapy, certified strength and conditioning coach, and serves as a national director of the Barwis, which is so hard to say, Methods Injury Recovery Program. Nick is a graduate of the DPT program at the University of Michigan Flint, and his mission is to bring the most advanced and effective care to his diverse population of neurological and orthopedic patients. So like I said, Nick is a relatively fresh PT. He graduated last year, and it was really great to get his perspective on the world of physical therapy. So what are some of the things we talked about? We talked about how to transition from episodic care to wellness services, which as you all know, is a really hot topic uh, in the physical therapy world today. We talked about the role of strength and conditioning in physical therapy services. So is there a bridge? Do we already build the bridge and we have to go across it? Is that even the right way to talk about it? Talk about all that stuff. We also talk about Nick's thoughts on the certified strength and conditioning specialist test and do you need it, do you not need it? how to develop a therapeutic alliance and a biopsychosocial model of framework, which, again, hot topic. And if you tune in next week with Jason Silvernail, we talk about that a little bit more. And advice for fresh PTs from a fresh PT. So this was a great episode. I'm really thankful to Nick for coming on. He's He's got a really great perspective. And for a new graduate, I think he's absolutely killing it. So... Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Nick. He was really great. Now, that being said, this Friday is the Women in PT Summit, which I absolutely cannot believe has come up so quickly. So I'm happy to say we are completely sold out, which is amazing. But if you still want to get in on the action, you can buy the video package and you can go to womeninptsummit.com to read all about it and what that package includes. And it does include Facebook Live for the entire day. So you could still watch it live from the comfort of your home. You can ask questions, all that fun stuff. Then in a couple of weeks, you get a professional edited video that includes everything that we talked about, all the talks, all the speakers, all the conversations, and some special behind-the-scenes interviews with the speakers and the people who are in attendance. So it should be really fun I'm definitely looking forward to it. So again, go to womeninptsummit.com, sign up, get your video, get on the list. It's going to be awesome. Okay, that being said, let's get back to today's episode with fresh PT, kind of, he's a year out, Nick Lucius uh, from Barwis Methods. Hey, Nick, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you on. Hey, Karen. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So, read read a little bit of your bio in the beginning, but can you kind of fill in some blanks for us and tell us kind of what you've been up to now and, and what maybe you have in store? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I am. I think I'm on the tail end of being a fresh PT. Um, so, I graduated in 2015 from the University of Michigan, and uh, from that point on, I was kind of I kind of jumped right into an opportunity with Barwis Methods Training Centers and uh, directing their injury recovery program nationwide. Right now we have centers in Michigan, three in Michigan, one in Florida, and uh, one soon to be opening in California. And we just announced an international center opening up in the country, uh, Republic of Georgia. So um, 
you know, had, a, had the honor of being able to kind of take that over and, you know, adopting um, a physical therapy, a formal physical therapy program. And uh, that's been my life for about the last 18 or 24 months now. So um, it's been going great. A lot of the focus that, you know, I have, and, you know, is kind of changing the way we look at wellness and physical therapy and kind of tying it into a cohesive model, as well as um, my focus is on concussions and neurological injuries and focusing on getting those individuals back on track. So different technologies that we're incorporating through our company, as well as uh, just the upkeep of the best evidence possible. So those are my big focuses um, in practice and also professionally with the company. Great. Well, it sounds like you are one busy guy and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so let's talk about, you spoke, you touched upon it a little bit, but let's kind of, uh, open this subject up a little bit about physical therapists as being that person to empower our patients for lifelong movement. And, you know, I've had discussions on this podcast before about being more of a lifetime PT versus an episodic PT. So can you kind of expand upon that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, having us transition away from being the episodic PT, the traditional PT, and moving towards a um, lifelong wellness, movement wellness kind of professional is in the best interest for everyone. You know, these individuals are coming to you in pain and they're coming to you in dysfunction. And, you know, many times you're the one to be able to help bring them back to getting their function back, getting their pain back, getting them back to more importantly, the things they really want to do. And those are the things that, you know, really want to focus on. And once you achieve that, and you have that therapeutic alliance we all talk about, then let's take that a step further and let's keep coaching them and consulting them as they move through life afterwards. So, you know, putting in my perspective, if I, if I had a patient, you know, in Boris methods and, you know, rehab and they're getting them back on track and they're feeling fantastic. And many times most clients want to stay in the facility. You know, it's, you know, one of the things we could maybe touch on is just kind of the environment of the facility. It's a little bit different. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's outgoing. It's energetic. It's, it's, uh, definitely something that people want to be a part of. And so that kind of spurred my thought process. And why don't I really try to revamp how we handle discharge and more towards just getting the patient from standard discharge to uh, hopefully I'll never see you again. And if I do, we'll just cross that bridge into a traditional eval. Let's have it to where you get discharged, discharged, if you will, from PT. And you start into a full-fledged wellness program where you're able to be under the same building you've been before. Everything's still uh, familiar. Um, all the same equipment, all the same people. It's a very familiar and fun environment to be a part of. And let's try to carry that on throughout your life. And if anything else comes along the way, you know, ideally it won't. But if it does, so be it. And we'll, we'll take care of that when it comes along. So really trying to foster this. Um, and I really want to empower the patients as soon as I can. And that's one of my biggest things when I first see them. And once we get them toward, more towards discharge from formal PT and more into a transition wellness program, that's when we can really... I think that's where the, the big uh, benefit for the patient will be because now they now they're in control. Now we're always there, but it's always a thing in their in their mind as well. So that's kind of trying to transition it more into a uh, more holistic, more wellness based program. And how do you? Which I think is a great idea, and I think a lot of PTs are moving in that direction. But let's say you the patient is discharged from formal physical therapy. How do you? get them to be a hundred percent in for this wellness aspect of it, you know, cause a lot of time, I mean, listen, people are busy, right? They'll go to PT cause they feel they have to, 
But all of a sudden they get to the wellness part and they feel like they can kind of let that slide, right? So what sure. sort of techniques um, have you used and been successful with with trying to get these people to say, hey, listen, I realize you're done with your PT, but your health is still super important and your body is still very important. And we want you to be the best and the healthiest that you can be. So can you kind of share with us some tips that maybe you give, uh, some tips for people listening of some techniques or motivational techniques that you use for your, for your now, let's say, discharge patients? Sure, yeah. So I think it all starts day one. I really do. I, I really try to um, have, you know, I try to get to the patient. When they leave the first session, the initial evaluation, the subsequent treatment that day, I really want them to be able to take away with some sort of mechanism to either um, cope or better improve their symptoms and their function. And, you know, part of getting that is to, you know, get that confidence and get that relationship going. Part of that is also me in opening the conversation of, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be a change in your life for the better. It's the same way that when, you know, you're trying to change your, your life around your, you know, weight loss, let's use that. That's a very common one. And, you know, exercise and nutrition and man, stress management, um, all those other variables, are such huge parts of it. Now this could be one of those things where we can kind of work together as a team to get you to be that, um, complete individual and be able to manage, uh, at least be able to start owning your wellness. That's one thing that I really wanted them to do and not put it, the pressure on them so much to where, you know, when you leave, all right, well, now your wellness program will include coming here three times a week. I, I'm a big fan of, I want to give them soft, flexible, incredibly flexible boundaries. You know, let, let them, let them understand, let them understand the facility, let them understand the ideas and the real reasons why we're doing these movements, why we're doing this education why, why am I spending 20 minutes kind of describing to you, you know, why you feel this way? You know, all these things will tie in. And when they come to the point where they're getting discharged, they love being in this facility. They love being in having the relationships they have with the same people at the front desk or the same strength coaches. You know, one of the things that I really love about strength coaches are they're pretty, uh, pretty energetic guys, you know, or guys, guys and gals. So they don't necessarily, they're not uh, very monotone. So having this fun electric environment where you can come in and, you know, it's, a, it's almost like you, you championed over the, the problems that you had and now you want to keep growing and growing. So I think kind of building that, re, that relationship from day one, getting them to understand, okay, you know, I love, I love some TNE, therapeutic neuroscience education. I love doing that. I love being able to give them some basic uh, exercise or movements just to kind of re, re-feel or re-experience that pain is not necessarily, or dysfunction is not necessarily going to be in your cards for the long run. Let's, let's do our best to try to empower you now. And then when you leave, when you leave, if you will, formal discharge, we're going to be um, more apt to be able to continue that progress and you'll be very motivated to keep going with it. So those are, those are small tactics I do throughout the time. You know, as we get closer, um, I, I actually haven't found too much of, a per, I don't have to really persuade too often to get patients to want to stay through this and keep going with a wellness program. They see the value. They see, you know, our, our facilities are great, which is, you know, maybe that's part of it too. Um, being able to get us to have these individuals in here and, you know, they enjoy coming in. The kids enjoy coming in. We have programs for the whole families and whatnot and, the, and different inv- individuals within their circle of friends and family. So having, having it become more of a family or having it either between the employees at the center or the therapists and the clinicians in whatever clinic it is, 
or um, the family being integrated too. I think that's a really strong um, bond that you can build and they can really buy into having those lasting changes. And now what happens to people who don't, I mean, I'm in New York City. There are not very large facilities. There are a couple, but a lot of PT clinics, they might be small or, you know, regardless of where you are in the country, not everyone has access to a, a big facility or to strength and conditioning coaches or to, um, you know, a, a place where they actually have the physical space to continue a wellness program in-house. So for those physical therapists, which I suspect may be a lot, how, what, what can they do to help their patients continue with a wellness program, even though it may not be at that, at their facility? Sure. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a great point. You know, not everyone, like I said, is going to be as fortunate as we are. And then, and, and that's perfectly fine. I think one of the things you can really do is either establish people in the nearby area. You know, you always want to make friends, you know, uh, Sue Falzoni has a famous quote of, you know, you want to make friends with strength coaches. Well, I, th- I say make friends with other healthcare and fitness pro- professionals in the area, you know, if, if, and it's all going to be a client dependent. If they want to have something more high intensity, well, make sure that you're on the same page with someone in the area who's more high intensity or more weightlifting in, involved. Or if someone wants to have more low level and they want to do um, not as intense or rigorous exercise and they want to just be, you know, have different support groups or different types of fitness groups in the area, a running club or a walking club. Or um, one thing that I think PTs could really grow on is if we could start having these, um, ha- start having satellite wellness programs or start having satellite wellness classes. So if you, do, if you don't have the luxury of having a large facility, um, Take, take the advantage. You see these outdoor uh, fitness classes all the time in either city. Like I you know, in Chicago, I think there's a big one. There's a PT who's actually doing, uh, stop doing practice and doing all outside, like outside extra, outside workouts. So I think that's really cool. I think those are ways that you can kind of tie in. Um, if, you, if the facilities don't match or if the populations don't match exactly to those things, understanding who you got and, you know, being able to refer out, I think having a cohesive program like that is huge. And you can Get on the same page as those professionals um, by doing, you know, joint uh, seminars. I found that to be really beneficial in our area. You being able to have a joint seminar, have everyone see that we're all on the same team, make sure we're all, you know, we have the same fitness goals in mind, and that things can bounce back and forth really well. I think that is the true key outside of having the facility. You know, it's a little extra homework in my in my experience, but it does great for patients. You know, they it powers them and they're able to keep going. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And, you know, here in New York City, there's an orthopedic doctor. His name's Dr. Jordan Metzel, and he's developed a class called Iron Strength, and he kind of does that all over the city, a lot of outdoor workouts for free. Um, so that's one way that he kind of keeps the, the fitness going. And I agree. I think for everyone listening, um, my tip would be right now, or right when this podcast is over, get out a pen and paper or get out your computer and Google all of the yoga, Pilates, personal trainers in your area, registered dietitians, write them all down, and then write, write all of them down, and then really delve into their, if they have a website, delve into their website and see if it's something that you feel like you can connect with, and then reach out to them. People love to, to make alliances. And so even like, so for instance, I'm in New York, I don't have a facility, I see patients in their homes, but on my 
quote-unquote team, I certainly still have a registered dietitian, a yoga instructor, several personal trainers, a Pilates instructor, and a couple of physicians. So that I know when my patient's ready to be discharged from physical therapy, a lot of times they opt to still work with me on wellness training. But if not, I'll say, you know, they want to do really like hard, like strength and conditioning workouts. And I can say to them, I have the perfect person for you. And here he is, or he or she is. And what it does is it actually creates more trust from the patient in you because you're giving them great resources. And then you refer someone out, they eventually refer someone back, and it's just this great sort of circle of trust, if you will. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think building your team, I, I love that idea of saying, you know, your informal team or formal team, however you want to look at it. And I think that that's such a huge part of it, knowing that, you know, well, Karen sent me to, uh, you know, therapist X or yoga instructor X or physician X, you know, they must be great because they wouldn't, she, you know, we had this great relationship. She wouldn't put me in the wrong, in the wrong hands. And I think that if you don't have necessarily have the facility to put it all under one roof, that is such a powerful tool and they will, and they will trust you and they will come back to you, whether or not it's phys- formal physical therapy or not, you know, really maximizing your being able to give you, have them give a service. You know, yeah. have you give a service to them? I think that's the really the the biggest thing. And if it doesn't, if it's not billable, great. Who cares? Let's let's keep improving the health and wellness of these individuals. Because the more people that you get from being in pain or dysfunction or whatever have you, the more you can get them to being healthy longer and happier, and you yeah. know, do the things they couldn't do. That trickles down. I don't. You know, it doesn't. It's very easy to get the friend and family who think they're in a hopeless situation as well, and get them in the same direction. So. It's one thing that, you know, I found to be very beneficial too is, you know, you don't have to do a lot of marketing at that point. People just will keep coming to you because you're doing That's a great right. job. That's right. And, and I was just going to say, putting the marketing hat on, those are going to be your people who are your raving fans. And raving fans love to send friends and families to you, right? And so all of a sudden your word of mouth marketing is like off the charts, everybody's happy, and you're working with people you really enjoy working with. So, and, and one other note, when you're thinking about your team, believe it or not, your team can, and in my opinion, should involve other physical therapists. Oh, 110%. Right? Because yeah. if, some, if I get a call from someone who's looking to get like work done for TMJ, I, don't, I, I admit I do not work with people with TMJ, but I know a great therapist who does. No question. That's one thing that, you know, it's, it's knowing, the, knowing your role, knowing your strengths, knowing your abilities, and knowing when someone else can do a better job for you. And there's certain times that, you know, that goes well for referrals for uh, specialized, specializing in PT, but also even more so for fitness. You, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know yoga or I know Pilates or I even know running long distance, you know, doing a long distance aerobic, aerobic athlete as well as someone else does. I won't sit here and act like it. I would rather refer out and be able to have them have the capacity to do that. And if we can have, you know, running clinics or running events and have them partner up and kind of create that unity, I think that's something that's very powerful to not only your credibility, but everyone else's credibility. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, and for PTs, I mean, we are all on the same team. We're all working toward the same goal, and that's to elevate the profession. And so I think when patients see fellow PTs working so closely together, I think that 
again, it just builds that patient's trust even more in you. So, no question, and I think that carries over to making PT not such a not not the physical torture that so many people look at it like. You know, that, that's like I can't if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I'd be out of student debt. But you know, one of the you know what I mean. So like you know having. Uh, having this alliance and having them understand that, you know, the goal is not to run you through the ground it's to, and to make you hurt. It's to really empower you to live the rest of your life the most po- uh, positive and health, healthy way possible. And whether you have every modality under, under one roof or you can have many roofs, like, like you said, I think that's, that's huge. Yeah. And now, you know, you had mentioned, you know, you're not a yoga, you're not a yoga instructor, you're not a Pilates instructor, but what you are is a strength and conditioning coach. So, you know, there's all this chatter, as we kind of talked a little bit before we went on to the podcast, about physical therapy and strength and conditioning, and how can physical therapists really step more into that role? So... What are your thoughts on this, and is there a quote-unquote bridge that's there? Is it not there? Does it need to be there? What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, so the bridge, the, the bridge. Um, you know, everyone wants to talk about the bridge between strength conditioning and physical therapy. Some want to say that the bridge has been there. Why are you not walking across it? And I, 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 can, see, I can see their points on that, but everyone has different backgrounds and everyone has different educations and that's, and that's probably for the best. I really truly believe that. And I think that if you want to say the bridge is there, well, let's let everyone build their own bridge between PT and strength conditioning or personal training and wellness. I think that is where we get the real benefit. Um, to, to say that, well, if you can clean and hang clean and you understand an overhead position and you know, how can we tie that into, uh, physical therapy, and if you don't understand that, then you don't get the point. I, I just I think that's that's talking too crass. I think that's talking too aggressively. I think it's better to have each person build their own bridge, and if that bridge means subcontracting out a strength coach to help you with that, right? And you mm-hmm. can build your own bridge to that to that realm of strength conditioning or wellness and physical therapy. I think that's where the best um, benefit will be. And if you have them in house, that's great. Um, if you got to go make a friend, go make a friend. And I think those are the big uh, benefits to it. You know, having a strength conditioning background and having the great strength coaches that we have under, under each of our roofs um, over at Boris Methods, we really have, we're really blessed to be able to do that. And it makes the job easy in that respect. And so I didn't have to go too far. I just turned around and I found a guy that I, or a guy or gal that I knew I could depend on for this. And they did great with it. And they really helped foster my education. I really, and I like to think hopefully I helped them out a little bit along the way too. And um, I think that is, that is how you build your bridge. And I think everyone's bridge is a little bit different. And I think everyone's bridge is going to be, uh, the growth of it won't always look the same. You know, you like to be able to have every bridge being the same, but let's, let's do our best in building our own. And then we all have a, uh, a cumulative bridge across both professions and it's going to be, it'll be beautiful. So um, I think I think the wording and personifying it is the is the key. And so let's say you're a physical therapist, you're a physical therapy student, and you want to learn more about strength and conditioning principles and how to apply them to your patient population. Do you have any resources that people can turn to to get more information on that? Yeah. So uh, obviously, different certifications like the CSCS is important. It gives a good background. 
a lot of these strength coaches, in my opinion, are really open to having you come, come be a part of an internship. I know that most PT students um, are hesitant because life's hectic. I, it's not been that long since I was a PT student, so I remember how hectic it can be. But, you know, immerse yourself into their world. Immerse, them, immerse yourself either physically or maybe it's an online mentorship or what have you. Um, try to get your rotations in areas where those strength coaches are or just, you know, go be a client. How about be on the other end of the spectrum and actually get to feel and understand what they're going, what they're thinking and how they function. And you can build great relationships that way as well. Um, I know that when I was, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I know that. Okay. Sorry. When I was uh, going up through school uh, in undergrad, I kind of knew physical therapy uh, or medical school was going to be my thing. And so I wanted to immerse myself within strength coaches. So, you know, we live in a beautiful time. 2016 is a great time. There's enough blogs and podcasts to, you know, you can pretty much have your earbuds in for the next three years and you probably won't cover everything. So we have a lot of really good content and you have a lot of good people who are really trying to make the, make these clients better. And, you know, strength coaches don't want to see their patients in pain the same. We don't want to see our strength, our, our patients, um, get hurt doing unnecessary things. You know, mm-hmm. we, we all want, we all have a common goal. And I think if you reach out to those individuals, you'll have a lot more success uh, in gaining mentorship or education than you think you would. I know I'm, I'm always open to taking um, individuals, um, whether it be you know, Twitter conversations or messaging back and forth or emailing or, you know, we get, we get requests to have internships here all the time, whether it be PT students or um, strength conditioning, future strength conditioning coaches. Uh, I think that is a great avenue to go and, you know, you can never go, you can never have too much mentorship or internship or education. I think that's where the real key is, is being able to see it in practice. Because if you read Essentials of Strength or Starting Strength or any of those hallmarks of strength conditioning, you might have a basic, you might have a good idea of how, how to train and how to do certain things, but you really don't see how a strength coach functions. And I think seeing how a strength coach flows through a workout, picking up how to change the cycles and how to really maximize every single session it was it was paramount in my growth as a as a physical therapist and you know I think it, it would be a huge thing for most SBTs to kind of jump on and uh, be a part of as well. And can you uh, give some examples of some online resources? Like, what are some podcasts that you like to listen to around strength and conditioning, or blogs that are good for our listeners to to read because maybe they've never heard of them? Yeah, uh, I, I was a big fan of uh, Doc and Jock podcast. I think that was a really good one. Um, I read a lot. I was more of a textbook guy, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, than a, yeah. than a podcast guy. And I, I know most people aren't that way. I was, the, I'm the kind of person that wants to like get a, a textbook and I'll just crack it open, read it overnight. And then just, I mean, I try to, I'm not going to act like I memorize everything, but I, I tried to do my best to take whatever I got from that and reapply it, maybe reread it in a week or so and kind of come back to it. I always try to get those, get the theory and then try to reapply it. Um, I, I I'm a huge fan of neuromechanics. Um, I actually have it right next to me and this text is fantastic. And if you guys, if anyone's looking at, uh, it's a little wordy, but it's, 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 it's really great. It's called the neuromechanics of human movement by Roger Inoka. And I know some physical therapy schools may use it, but I, I found it to be really great in terms of immersing yourself in the practical, like the podcast, like the doc and jocks, um, Therapy Insiders, I, I live by that. And then, you know, the Science PT, Eric Mira, I, I really listened to a lot of his podcasts. And those were more theory-based. And then I, I took more theory from like, a text like that, and I just translated it into trying to apply it the best I possibly can. So 
every every major strength coach I know that um, down the pipeline is something that we that we'll be doing as well, kind of immersing more free uh, free content to see the application of how do you kind of tie the two together. And, and I think when especially when we're able to come out and do it, it'll be really educational to kind of see. All right, here's the theory. Here's what my book. Here's what every lecture I've ever heard in my life says. Let's just let's just translate that over to exactly what we need to do into a practical approach, which most people better identify with. So mm-hmm. that's that, those are the big things. I, I I was a big textbook nerd. I read a lot of textbooks. And you had mentioned essentials of strength. Was that? Yep, it, essentials of strength conditioning. So that's the NSEA's like test prep book. Uh-huh. It's a full textbook. It covers um, all the essentials of periodization, muscle physiology. It's a, it's a good basic background on uh, taking, you know, many concepts that we learned in physical therapy school, understanding mm-hmm. Golgi tendon, understanding muscle spindle, understanding the, the force velocity curve and how we recruit and, you know, how do we best manage uh, complex stress. I think that book does a really good job. And once you kind of tackle that book, and if you choose to get CSCS, if not, I mean, the, books is, the book is still a great background for you. Mm-hmm. And then immersing yourself into more of a, a more specific text like uh, neuromechanics of human movement. And why I say that, it's, it's very important to have, if you're a, a young SPT or you're a young PT like myself, and you really want to get into that strength conditioning sports world, that's fantastic. But uh, don't forget, don't forget the, uh, the BPS model. You know, don't forget the biopsychosocial model. Don't forget the, the Mosley's of the world. And remember that, you know, uh, the Adrian Lau is like making sure that we're all keeping it a full holistic, I, I know that word's tossed around a lot, but keeping it holistic as best you possibly can, I find is hands down the best mo- model to have because you will take those principles from like a neuromechanics or an essentials of strength conditioning and you can tie it right back in and you can, you can make a lot of connections be- in that way and it really refines your clinical thinking skills at a faster rate, at least in my experience. And do people, because I hear this a lot on the student group on Facebook, is do people... If you're looking to increase your knowledge on strength and conditioning, do you need the CSCS? Sure, yeah. That's, that's, that, that's a recurring one for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of having it because of the resources that the NSCA provides you. It provides you a great background in continuing education. It provides you a great background in um, the resources made to you once you attain that. But I really think that the certifications, I think we're, you know, as a, as a profession, we kind of, it, it always swings with the pendulum. We, we were credential happy, put alphabet soup after our name, and now we're starting to refine it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, at least and so far, I mean, small, small sample size, of course. And I think uh, getting us back to, you know, if you have the practical knowledge, that's fantastic. The credential is just going to help you out down the road, mm-hmm. it, especially in job markets when you get out of school. Having those four letters does help. It does provide you um, some validation to your to your knowledge, and outside of being in that clinic and having them see it firsthand, because mm-hmm. you if you have the knowledge, you'll be able to demonstrate it pretty easily, regardless if you have those four letters or not. But I think you know having those four letters really helps solidify your position if you want to be in one of those realms and be able to have a more comprehensive wellness program, like we've talked about. Yeah, and that makes sense. So it's it's a way to kind of maybe get your foot in the door over maybe someone who doesn't have that certification. So I, I suppose, and how much does that cost? What's the cost of the CSCS? Do you remember? Uh, 
I this goes back to undergrad. I got, yeah. I got I got like a week after undergrad. Um, I think it was in the two, three, four. I'd say four you know, four hundred sounds very familiar. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna yeah. say thousand. I was like, well, that's expensive. No, 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 not that expensive. They don't get you like that that fast. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 very doable. Okay. Especially with uh you know a lot of a lot of DPTs, um could really benefit from having the or not DPTs SPTs could benefit from having the knowledge and once you have it, um, you know. It's, it's something really worth keeping up with. If not keeping up the credentials, keeping up with your knowledge of it. Because mm-hmm. every day, you know, if you go on Twitter, like Twitter is my beacon for re- research articles. It just pops all over the place and it's fantastic. But you get new articles every day from strength coaches and new articles every day from um, exercise scientists and physiologists coming out with these new studies showing, wow, um, you know, the broad jump or the hip thrust is doing better for horizontal acceleration versus the squat for vertical acceleration. And that might seem like something you really don't want to tie into a physical therapy client. But if the patient is a basketball player, if the patient mm-hmm. is someone trying to even get out of, um, out of a chair, these sure. are all things that translate perfectly well. I mean, like, and then you can really cement down your clinical thinking skills and your reasoning by saying that, okay, well, if this is helping individuals jump higher and squat more weight. Why, why wouldn't it carry over to my, my lady trying to get off the, get off the, um, out of a chair every day. You know, these sure. are all things that translate over so well. And I think, you know, when you have that background, it's just going to reinforce so much that you learn in school. I know it's hard to think about learning more in school. Uh, it was a, it's a doozy for sure, but, you mm-hmm. know, kind of reinforcing and putting it from a different lens, I think is invaluable. Cool. And who are some sort of top strength coaches out there that are kind of doing it, doing it the right way or doing it well? So yeah, sure. On Twitter, uh, who could people follow? So uh, I think that having, um, in terms of like a, I really like Nick Winkleman for his mm-hmm. cueing, his intellectual cueing. I know he's a big popular one through Exos. I really like his work in cueing because that's such a huge part of strength conditioning, and especially rehab. We know that. Mm-hmm. We know that probably a little bit more profoundly, especially with the patients that we work with. Um, I like, I like some. You know, if you're looking for shoulder stuff, like uh, Mike Reynolds does a great job. Um, kind of highlighting different shoulder exercises. Those are great things. Um, and, you know, reaching out to different strength coaches in general, you know, being, like I said, being part of Barber's Methods, um, there's a wide range of strength coaches that we handle a multitude of pathologies, like not pathologies, but different sports that have pathologies that are commonly associated with them. So it, I would say if you want to pick one that's, you know, online or in on the social media presence, mm-hmm. um, like I said, Wiggleman's great for cueing. I think that shoulder uh, – you know, right. Mike Reynolds does a great job. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of understanding um, movement in general, like you can't go wrong with a little Kelly Starrett. I think he does a great job in understanding some movement pro- uh, programming. I think those are, and kind of speaking to that long-term wellness program that we've kind of been speaking about for like the last you know, last mm-hmm. 40 minutes or so, kind of tying that in. I think he does a great job with that. Um, one thing I want to say so this wellness program, this long-term program is, I think it really would benefit us to look at it, not look at us, you know, it, as a lifelong PT or lifelong clinician, I think that's fantastic. Insinuating the mechanic or insinuating, oh yeah, just come back to me, I'll fix you up. Oh, I hate like the mechanic. I hate the I mechanic know. analogy. People aren't I, cars. Yeah, they're, if, they're, if they were cars, you know. They, it, are I don't, people, I, they are people with brains and emotions and, you know, it's not a car. Yep, and so that's one thing I, I just wanted to make sure we get a, we were able to get across is because, you know, having saying, oh, your shoulders, this, this, and this, 
okay, I'll fix that up and you'll be good as new. Go off and go run it into the ground again or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like a car. You have a different, you have feelings and emotions and thought processes. And these are so many, this makes the, it muddies the water really fast. And that's what really benefits having that wide range of education from strength conditioning to the pain science to mm-hmm. the, the, the traditional physical therapy. So that, that kind of ties it all back in together. Yeah, and that's, um, that's kind of that difference between the biomedical model and the biopsychosocial model. Yeah, you know? exactly. It, it, I'm really, I was really lucky. I think I was just lucky the year I was born and the year I was able to get through undergrad and graduate school that I got immersed into the BPS right away. And, uh, there, there's been no other world besides it, you know? And I think that's, I think that's a huge benefit to all the new SPTs out there right now. You know, pick up, if you, if you don't read an article about the, the biopsychosocial model, you know, at least once a month, you know, you're missing out on a lot of good information. It's going to really solidify your knowledge and and your your ability to present things to the client in a in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that biomedical model is a little too simplistic, and I think the biopsychosocial model certainly takes it takes a little extra time and it takes a little extra effort on part of the therapist. But I think the outcomes certainly justify that extra time, you know. And that, and the, like we s- talked about earlier, that therapeutic alliance that you make with the patient is it's huge and I think that's where having that good evaluation talking to the patient motivational interviewing you know using aspects of CBT and ACT in order to get the most out of your patient and then educating them like you said before therapeutic neuroscience education explain pain however you want to call it Um, and then only then can you really get into your strength and conditioning principles and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, right? But you have to, you have to start, you have to start there. And if you don't start there, I think that then you're not going to get the buy-in for that long-term wellness program. No question. I I, I know you, I'm sure you can attest to this. I think getting, getting a real picture on what makes the patient tick and what, you know, explaining to them, you know, what what do you not what are you not able to do now that you were able to do before and when you understand that okay then let me let me try to explain to you certain things in how pain is generated or how how we interpret pain or how why you feel the way you are and empower them I think that's such a huge powerful thing there's so many individuals who are slotted for surgery or slotting slotted for whatever what have you and they don't necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel or they weren't given a, 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 a slap for surgery. They're saying, sorry, there's nothing else we can do for you. Mm-hmm. You know, ha- giving them that model and then having that background. And then once you cover all those bases, you said it perfectly. Go, then you can apply your strength conditioning principles. Then you can apply your... your whatever your, your treatment is. Right, yeah. The X, Y, Z, W, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you can really you know, make the best out of what you can do. Get, set the table so you can eat well. You know, yeah. I always like to say that. So um, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, no, I think that's, it's such a big part. And I think sometimes people get so overly excited to do the treat, 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 the hands-on or the exercise or what have you, that they forget about the importance of the connection and the interview and bringing that patient on and making sure that they're having a good experience with you from the moment they call for their appointment till the moment they are formally quote-unquote well let's just stop calling it discharge from the moment they transition from physical therapy to wellness yeah let's not let's stop calling it discharge 
I'm a fan of that. I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, we'll call it the transition phase, right? Yeah, right on. Yeah, because otherwise, I think when people with PT, they're like, oh, okay, I'm done. Okay, great. But it's like, no, now you're going. And it's like what I try to do with my patients is I try and give them as much as, as many tools as I can or have them purchase. Because sometimes I see patients in their homes. They don't belong to a gym. So I, you better believe I make sure they have enough stuff, whether it be bands or whatever, weights at home that they can keep this up. Whether it be on their own, whether it be getting a trainer in there with them or a yoga, Pilates, what have you. But I always make sure that when they leave, it's not just like, see ya. Yeah, exactly. And if you you just said, see ya, good luck, there's a decent chance in three months you're going to hear from them again. Or you might not hear from them because that relationship that you spend so much time on fostering, if you just leave them out to leave them to go back about their life, some people will respond well to that, but many may not at all. Yeah. And they're and they'll take it as well. You just kicked me to the curb. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going back to you. Mm-hmm. And then on to the next PT, the Google search, and you're the, you know whoever's up next. Right. So I, I think that's that's a huge huge thing. No, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. That's a great point. Yeah. Okay. So now as we kind of start to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you a question. That should be kind of interesting because you graduated like a year and a half ago, but... Yeah, right on. Oh, but fire away. Keep, keep this in mind. So given what you've learned as a new grad, as a fresh PT, whatever you want to call yourself, sure. what would you go back to say to the person on graduation day? You just got your diploma. What advice would you give the person you were a year and a half ago based on what you know now? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, I think that if I was to go back a year and a half ago and kind of talk to, talk to the old me and the old DPT grads, um, I think keeping the hunger you had during school and keeping the hunger for knowledge and keeping the, the hunger to really make substantial and life-changing change to these individuals like that's why we went into the profession and I think sometimes when you know you get a couple cases that might be a little discouraging or you feel uncomfortable you know everyone feels uncomfortable everyone you've interviewed I know that I mean I don't know for a fact but I'm willing to bet they're going to say at some point they got comfortable being uncomfortable and they got very used to having that hunger to try to keep driving to get better and better in today's world you know with, with Facebook and social media and everything of that nature and these podcasts this is a great avenue as well. This gives you an opportunity to kind of know that everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's trying to keep making this, this ship run faster and run sm- more smoothly. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that get used to not sleeping a lot, get used to, get used to really trying to better other people's lives. Almost, not at the expense of your own, but you're definitely going to come pretty close to it. You know, you want to, you want to do everything in your power to help other individuals and uh, that's why we all got into it. And I guess that would be the biggest thing. Um, I would, I guess that's that'd be my big take home. I think I would say is that you just, we, you know, keep the course. You know, if you were, if you're the hardworking person who's studying eight hours a day, like some of the, some of the students are, mm-hmm. then keep doing that. Keep hammering that because that that that's worked for you up until now. And keep working towards, and that study doesn't mean you have to read a textbook all day and then be able to regurgitate it to your patient because they won't care that you regurgitated page 43. They're going to care that you can help them become a better version of themselves and whatever, whatever that means. I know that's the cheesy way yeah. of saying it, but it's true. It's, you know, they care about when they walk in, 
Oh, and you oh. do whatever it takes to. Oh, yeah. That's our famous office dog. Oh, cute. Uh, yeah, he's a cutie. Um, you know, doing whatever in our power to uh, get get your patient to where they need to be, what they want out of you, what they want out of you. Because at the end of the day, they, they're looking for the relationship. They may or may not be. And they're definitely looking to help feel better and move better and get their life back on track. So, you know, that's that that was my that would be the advice to 2015, Nick. And hopefully, uh-huh. I can hopefully in five years I can say the same thing. Yeah, Maybe a yeah. Little, a little I, more listen, I, ho- hopefully in five years you'll have something else to say too. I was um, gonna say, hopefully it's a little right? more eloquent than that. Yeah. But yeah, that, uh, you know, that's good answer. That's that's the uh, that's the short term fix. Um, yeah. So stay hungry. Really continue to educate yourself. Put the patient first, and. Always have the patient in mind that you're there to help make their life better. Yep, you're, you're there to serve. And I think all healthcare providers can say the same thing. And whether it be physical therapy, medicine, chiropractic, nursing, you know, even strength conditioning, tying this back in with that, you're, you're there to serve those individuals and help them achieve what they want. You know, if I, if I, go, to, if I go to a personal trainer, if I go to a yoga instructor, I'm hoping that they can help me achieve what I want to get out of that, out of that session, whether it be better health, whether it be mm-hmm. a better state of mind, whatever have you. And it's, you know, understanding uh, that you're there to serve is, is really empowering for me. It really helped me out a lot. And it really helped me constantly keep fighting, you know, when everyone gets tired, everyone gets fed up of reading journal articles and methods of right. journal articles right. and stuff like that. It, no one, if you enjoy doing it, you're lying to yourself after a while. I mean, I love doing it too, but at a certain point, you know, you get tired, but then you realize, you know, this is to hopefully benefit other people and get their lives back on track, which is what, something that I do with, you know, my clients in here, whether it be the injury recovery program at Boris Methods for neurological injuries or be my physical ther- the therapy, physical therapy practice or whether it just be a personal training client you know, or a wellness client like we've talked about. You know, you, you really got to put them first and know that it's far bigger than you. It's far bigger than the issues that you're having that day. You know, those patients want to get better. So Absolutely. do your best. Do your best. Absolutely. And on that note, we are going to say goodbye. But before we do, where can people find you? So you can uh, find me on Twitter. That's probably the best. Facebook, you can just search my name, Nick Lucius. I don't know if I have a handle. If you just search it, you'll be able to see my face, my shining face, and that'll be fantastic. Um, Twitter is uh, Lucius uh, Nick. So L-U-C-I-U-S Nick DPT. Um, I'm on there quite a bit. More for research, like I said, and a little fun banter back and forth but you know that's uh, that's my uh, main avenue for reaching out that via that and also through the borrowers methods website you know i'd really encourage you guys i know it's it's a monster and there's a lot to it but uh i'd love to you know have people if they have questions regarding strength conditioning or they have questions regarding different things that we're able to do with the neurological programs that have been having a lot of success um you know reach out to me i'm, I'm, I'm an open resource i really want to be able to help other people better the lives of the people they're working with so you know all those avenues feel free message um carrier pigeon whatever you got to do send it over and you know i'll I'll do my best to be able to try to help you and point you in the right direction i know that it's a it's a fun scary world when you're fresh out of school and it's even you know even if you're five ten years i'll tell you i'll tell you for certain then but right now you always have that you always have that uh comfortable being uncomfortable so i know we're all in together and know that we're all trying to to better it and know that you're never too young. You know, I, you know, this goes back to, you know, thanking you, Karen, you know, 
I'm, being a year and a half out of school, you're never too young to be able to try to provide some value to other people, especially your patients and other clinicians and, who are on the same team. So Absolutely. I guess that would be, that would be, that'd be a, a, a big part to add to. Great. And, and just so everyone knows, if you missed all of that, like where to catch Nick, it'll all be in the show notes over at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com with direct links. And also, um, Nick is also generously offering 10% off the Barwis Meth- Boy, that's a tongue twister. Barwis yeah, Methods <laughs> store. When you use the code Barwis Methods, HWS. So all that's going to be in the show notes. So take advantage of the 10% off and head over to the Barwis Method store. Why is that so hard to say? Uh, it's easier once you start doing it for a while. Barwis, <laughs> my The first gosh. couple times, a lot of S's, a lot of, a lot of T's, a lot, a lot of, of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Anyway. Yeah. So- but it's, the, the store is a great opportunity. It has a lot of different things, different cycles and different uh, educational materials and we're just going to keep growing and part of what we're going to be doing is a bars methods insider which will be uh, an online uh, tool to be able to help educate different uh, far different professions and understanding um, some of the stuff that we do and some of the rationales and what we do and trying to help better people's lives Um, there's always equipment and different technology that we have that's found just in the center right now and it's we're we're hoping to make it more um, available to everyone so Feel free to check cool. it out. We got there's a million things under the sun under that website, so feel free ha- take a time, and I really appreciate it. Great, and I appreciate you for coming on today. So thanks so much. Hey, my honor. Thank you so much. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Again, you can head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com to get all the information in the show notes. And everyone, have a great week. We'll catch you next week, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. <laughs>